So, this is episode 74 of Bike Drive, and tonight I am bringing in one of my good friends, Mr. Do Everything, Mr. Audio Enthusiast, my homie CJ No Tech is coming up on the episode, on the podcast, so, you know, it's Wednesday night, we're doing it big, let's get this party started, because Bike Drive, episode 74, starts now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome back to another episode of Fipe Drive. This is the podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech, and tonight, as I just alluded to in my introduction, I am bringing in one of the most legit people in the tech space on YouTube. The man knows how to have fun, and he might say the word play it more than anybody I know in the YouTube tech space. But let's bring in my homie, CJ No Tech, to the podcast. What's up, bro? How you doing? What up, player? Oh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Woo! Right off the bat. I like it, man. How you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. I'm actually doing lovely, man. You know, how are you? I'm doing good, man. You know what? I was just, I was on Twitter, as I do every day. I, I know, decided right? to put out, put out the tweet. I'm like, you know what? DJ ain't been on the podcast. Yet. I'm like, yo, do I got to see my people out this DJ or we go get them on the podcast? So here we are. We on the podcast and we're ready to go. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Full effect, man. As soon as you sent the invite, I re- replied instantly like, yo, come on, let's do it. So let's do it. Absolutely. I mean, we in quarantine. What if we don't, right? What if we don't right, Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> quarantine content in full effect. We got no you doubt. Guys. Let's go, baby. Let's go, y'all. Let's go. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask most people that come to the podcast for the first time. What brought you to YouTube? uh number one i'm like a a real hardcore tech enthusiast like i love tech like i've been into it since i was really young i I was watching tech youtube for a very long time and i you know i had an opinion and i kind of wanted to share it and also i had like a a a different spin on tech that i think i wanted to give so uh after like learning how to actually produce and create on youtube i went ahead and i started one. i was very spotty in the beginning and then when that uh that sh- I made that official commitment, I think it was like 2017 August. And then from that day on, I've been consistently going hard. All right, so I want to ask you about the content that you originally started out with because I'm not sure what it is, but I know that when I was doing research for the microphone that I am currently using, yeah. for those of y'all listening on audio only, I'm using the Shure SM7B, which I've used for a while now. Um, when I was doing some research on um, research on this mic on YouTube, one of your older videos came up talking about this mic. So I'm just curious, is that the type of content that you started off with in the beginning or did you start off with different content when you first came on the platform? I was all over the place. Like uh, I ri- originally I wanted to start a sneaker channel. Like I love sneakers and sneaker YouTube was big for me. So mm. I was watching a lot of sneaker YouTube. I wanted to start off with a sneaker channel. And uh, like you said, you were into audio and I'm into audio. Like I'm a huge, I have a huge background in audio. So I like audio engineering and stuff like that. So I wanted to share my expertise. I did a handful of content on like microphones and how to improve your audio on video and stuff like that. And I was doing that type of stuff and I was just throwing out a lot of different things. But then I had a tech video take off. It was a Huawei smartwatch. It went, mm-hmm. it, it started going. Cause you know, I was doing a little bit of tech, a little bit of phones, and then I was doing like the sneaker stuff and I was doing uh the microphone stuff and audio. And then when I saw that smartwatch go, I was like, Oh, there's something over there. <laughs> so I started, I start, I'm like, you know, I was like, oh, let me start leaning a little bit more into the tech space. So I started going more over that route as opposed to the other ones. Cause when you know, when you look at everything as a whole, like I just saw the 
a larger bump on the tech side. And I was like, all right, let me go. Yeah, we both know once you uh, see the algorithm identify something that's being successful you for for you, blah, 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 if I could talk, um, that's definitely the way you want to go. But I'm kind of curious because I know me and you kind of joke about your niche or lack thereof, but have you like made a decision on which area are you going to go in? Because you're right now you're still kind of all over the place. So yeah. how, how are you? How are you feeling about where you are currently at? And that's the thing. Like, it's hard for me to ever just be like, I'm just going to be one thing. Like, yep. it's the it's the hardest internal struggle for me. I Like, I tried it. Even, like, in the beginning of this year, I was like, okay, let me try to lean a little bit more on the Samsung boy. Then I was like, you know what? In, re in truth, in all reality, I own so many, like, more Apple products. And, like, I'm an actual Apple consumer. I was like, I got to talk about Apple products as well. Um so I'm still I'm still fighting that battle because I feel like I, I don't know, like they say each uh, video gets treated on an individual basis and served to uh, supposedly. You know what I mean? That's that's how it's 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 told to us from YouTube. Um, right. So then if that theory is true, I should technically be able to jump around <laughs> doing a multiple amount of things and have all of those things get served to the audience in theory. Right. <laughs> but you know i i don't know like like you know if you get a wave and something hits it's good to ride that wave out and right i think that's the reality of youtube and this platform no doubt so that that that, uh, that kind of interesting to me because when you first came on my radar um you were making galaxy note 8 videos and that's kind of how your channel blew up yep. initially and i think that got you on the radar of our good friend john prother you were the yep. original you were the og <laughs> uh front page tech creator of awesomeness so yep. talk about eventually how you landed on that fight. Like uh, I was obviously I, I was watching front page tech, you know, just like everybody else before the toilet squad. <laughs> shout out to the <laughs> shout out to the toilet squad, though. But, uh, you know, I was a fan of the show. And then I saw him uh, talk about the uh, he he had a, instead of him putting the ad spot, he put, hey, I'm doing this thing for creative awesomeness. And literally I saw the opportunity and I created a video that day, shot it, edited it and like sent it right to him. And uh, right after that, um, he eventually contacted me. He was like, yo, we're going to roll with it. And I was like, yo, hype, man. And then uh, he did it, man. That was like probably one of the smartest uh, like moves I could have made at that moment because it was, a, it was a huge sense of inspiration for me. Like that, just getting exposure to another audience and having them come flood in. You're like, okay, YouTube goes in waves. There's ups, peaks, and valleys in this thing. And when you're in the valley, <laughs> it's nice to have a peak come to like get you back, you know, right. churning. Yeah, we we know how down in a dump YouTube can be, man. It's an absolute grind. We both know we've been doing it for a while now. So it's always nice to get that peak, you know, like they always say, it, there, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? So you just yeah. got to keep going and do what you got to do. But when I found you and when John featured your video on the Creator of Austin clip, you were around 3,000 subscribers. So tell me about how that affected your channel. Like how many subscribers did you gain from that? Man, I forgot what the exact number. I know it was a good amount. It was like uh, the most of a, amount of growth I've seen in like a short span of time. Like it was crazy. I think it might have been somewhere around like in the 2000 or something in one day, one night or something. I don't know. It was big. And um, that was just super inspirational. And like, you know, one thing, even like Roberto was saying, like, dude, like, you know, it's, it's basically like when you have the content there and it's ready to go, like all you need is that exposure. And literally, yep. once you get exposed and people like know about you and they're like, whoa, he is dope. And then they <laughs> stick around. So I still have people from that very moment that I see in comment section sometimes say, oh, I remember 
uh, I found you through Front Page Tech and stuff. And that's from a long time ago. And they they've rolled it out with me. You know, this that was years ago or whatever. So it, it it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, man. And I got to say, man, I've been watching you for a while now. And you are definitely one of the most talented creators on the platform, Thank bar you. none. I remember one of your videos. I don't remember which video it was, but you were playing like two parts. You were playing, I think you were playing maybe like an Android person or a Samsung person. And then the yeah. other, on the other hand, <laughs> the uh, the bougie Apple. Yeah, uh, you're I remember like, those. Yeah, <laughs> Apple. Yeah. I mean, I don't, how did you come up with those different characters, man? Because, it, I mean, I mean, we both do these videos and it's kind of hard to like have that type of range when you're doing a tech video. But you did it and you did it effortlessly. So how did you how did you manage that? You know, it's funny because it's very spontaneous for me. Like like when I'm doing the video or I get ready. Sometimes before I make the video, I'll be like, oh, I get an idea for a skit and then I just run with it and stuff. And uh, like like currently the skits I do now with the Tim Apple thing, I don't I don't plan those. I just do it like I, I pull out the uh, Z flip and I just go. And it's just something that I just I just naturally do. And um, and I, so but I, I love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. But I don't really have like a oh, this is how I plan it. This is how it goes. It's just kind of like I, I can't even explain. I just go and I just let whatever comes out flow naturally. And that's just how it works. So am I to understand that your videos you do not script? I don't. Now, look, let me tell you this. I tried. I've tried it. I've tried it. I've even bought one of those teleprompters and I've done it a couple of times. And even when I got a script in front of me, man, I'm like Kanye, bro. I look at that joint and then I'm like, you know, I just start going off the top of my head. The script then rolled like way off. And I'm I'm I don't. So lately and uh, just I say like 98 percent no script outside of those times that I tried it. What I like to do, though, I try to do bullet points sometimes so I don't ramble on. But lately, yep. I, I haven't even I've been on and off with the bullet points like my iPhone SE straight from the heart. And I love to do that. Now, it gets long when I do that. That's why that video was like 17 minutes and so forth. But I'm just giving you straight from the internals. There's no, oh, let me go this way. Let me talk about this. I just go. And that's Listen, my man, favorite. I've been doing this almost three years, over 400 videos, and I have never scripted a video once. Uh, me, I just feel like it will come off kind of robotic and I want to come off as genuine and authentic and, and uh, natural and possible. So that's why I don't want to script because I just feel like I'm more natural if I just speak up. But I'm like you. Sometimes I do have a bunch of bullet points in front of me that I want to hit so I don't miss anything. Sometimes, though, it's kind of crazy, TJ. I would have the bullet points right in front of my face when I'm shooting a video and still miss things. Oh, exactly. It, right. It's kind of crazy. You can still have bullet points and still miss what's on the bullet points. And it's kind of frustrating sometimes. I've gotten a lot better at it because you know with practice you get better at that and better and things like that. But I'm with you, man. I'm not. I can't. I can't do the scripting. Now there's a lot of our fellow creators out there who do script and are excellent. It almost sounds like natural. So I'm not saying that scripting is bad, or I'm not saying you shouldn't script your video. But you just got to learn what works best for you. And I guess for me and CJ, we are definitely straight off the top, no script. Yeah, because even when I wrote it, like I wrote it in my voice and it's my thoughts. But like you know, I'm a very like uh, how you say spontaneous person with my thoughts so even if i got something in front of me and it's like oh that's a good thing when i said it there but like you know my thoughts and my intuition change on the spot so i'm gonna I'm just run off whatever i'm feeling and whatever my vibe is and i actually like it better that way the only thing is my videos get longer when i do that so i mean that but being but that's really a bad thing though because we know the youtube algorithm favors longer videos <laughs> anyway so that's not the bad that's not the worst thing in the world you know for fact, a longer that's video. a fact that's a fact you know so Something I will never forget. 
you probably have the single best intro to a tech video I've ever seen in my life. Uh, <laughs> and it is the video where you had the gunshots and you were ducking the body. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't remember what that was about. I think it was like, I think you were like pretending like people were shooting negative comments at you or something. And it yeah. was hilarious, man. Cause it was, it's, it's about like, you know, like, you know, the tech community could be very toxic. You know, I like, I like Apple products and, but like, you know, as Android users, uh, not all of them. I'm just saying there's some people, let's put it this way. There's some people in the tech space that don't allow you to like what you like. So mm. I took all those negative comments that I was getting about me. Anytime you say something positive about a, you know, so-and-so brand or whatever. And I just made it like, as if, you know, you know, I have fun with it and you have um, fun. I absolutely love that skit. Every now and then I'll try to like put it in like a newer content just to like revive it. But I do love that skit. <laughs> so CJ, there's a term that you use a lot and I want you to oh, explain yeah. to my listeners why you use this term and who are you referring to when you use the term tech snob. <laughs> <laughs> the technology snobs, the tech snobs, technology snobs, technology snobs. Like, <laughs> you know, something that I like because like, you know, I watch a lot of tech uh content as well and you know i look at a lot of the opinions even from the comments I, I just gauge everything and i just vibe it out and i'm like you know what there's not enough optimism there's a lot of people who like this is what i love i love the top of the top and so forth and anything beyond that is nothing and that's and, and there's a lot of times where even us as creators we get caught up in the latest and you know you end up touching all these devices and you fall in love. Like, I mean, you get some of the best of the best, the creme de la creme. And then it's like, yo, this is like what I want all my phones to be. Or I'm aspiring for that perfect smartphone like Marquez. Uh, you know how he does that series where he talks about his dream phone. It's like we all are looking for that. But like also there's people out there who don't know what the heck you talking about. Don't care about a PPI this. And they just want. A generally good device and i think those are the people who get overlooked when we get, become technology snobs so i like to call out my fellow tech creators and my fellow tech viewers about not being you know get your nose out the air and let's, let's come down to reality sometimes yeah man i you know i definitely see it a lot in the comments and even like you said with some creators they literally are technology snob. They will snob everything up at anything that's not the top of the top. Yep. But that's a nice segue into this little device I have in my hand here. For those of y'all listening on audio only, I am currently holding the 2020 iPhone SE, which DJ is also holding in his hand at this very moment. And this phone seems to have a bullseye on it for all the technology Man. snobs. I mean, good God. I've made several videos about this phone. I just made my first impression video a couple of days ago. That's over on the main channel if you want to check that out. But for what this phone brings to the table and for the price point of $400, the starting point, this is probably the best phone that you can buy this year for the money. But the technology snobs that CJ calls them, they're like, oh, it doesn't have a 1080p display. Oh, the battery fall, fall this, down the other. Like, dude, listen, man, listen. If you are a tech nerd, if you are, if you want the top of the top tech, then the iPhone SE isn't for you. If you have an iPhone 10 or newer, then this phone is probably not for you. So, CJ, I know you made a couple of videos about the SE. What are your thoughts about the iPhone SE, given the fact that you you have it? I have it, and I'm actually, like, full-time full using it. Like, my personal, personal SIM card that I use for my personal contacts is in this one. I have two SIM cards. One is usually the Android cycle-through, and then uh, I always keep a personal one in my 11 Pro, the technology snap phone <laughs> connoisseur. But... I uh, wanted to put this phone like to a real test and really use it. And so that way, everything I have to do, I have to go through this phone because I want to be able to speak to it because 
you know, it's easy to just be like, oh, they're just repackaging this iPhone 8 uh, XYZ. It doesn't have this. It doesn't have that. But like, dude, there's so many button iPhones in the wild nowadays. And you see that person. So, all right, my tele, my fellow technology snobs, what are your thoughts when you see someone? Are you out here judging people because they have a button on their phone and they're just a regular consumer who may have had that phone for three, four years and it works and it is what they love? Like, my my point, and um, let me just say this. I love the iPhone SE. It's a great smartphone. And it also smacked me with reality. Like, I got to the point where I'm like, yo, I, I can actually use this little joint. I can actually not have the most up-to-date and still have a pleasant user experience, which matters. And it's just like, whoa, it just it, it snaps you out of the flagship matrix that's going on, especially like flagships right now are, are are topped out they're like they're like yeah. they're right here dude like we're doing gimmick features every year or feature or spec sheets that's the thing like everybody's picking a phone off a spec sheet as opposed to like using it i'm gonna let you go viper before i'm gonna let you say something before i i, I i'll go on too long of a rant about this se but we could keep the conversation going because i got some other things i'm gonna talk about too on it <laughs> oh whoa, wait it sounds like i'm gonna be interrogated on my own podcast no not okay. you okay not you All right, wait, wait. not you like okay look dave 2d did a video okay. today talking about the iphone se okay and he made a good point like he did the same thing he put his sim card in it and then Round of about at the end of that video, he said that he actually likes the phone and he's going to rock out with this thing continuously. It's okay. a funny thing. Everyone who has an opinion do doesn't even have the phone. <laughs> oh, you, oh. have, you have an opinion about the iPhone SE, but you have yet to use it. And the funny thing is the people who use it, tech snobs and all, <laughs> high-end tech creators actually take a liking to this phone, just like I did. And I'm pretty sure Viper... You can speak to it. I don't know what type of liking you may have taken to it, but go ahead and uh, share your thoughts. Well, I'll get to that right in a minute. If you're listening on audio only, all the links will be in the show notes if you want to donate. But, bruh, okay, so I'm going to be completely 100 with you right now. I love the iPhone SE. I just can never use it as my main full-time phone because it's too small. Like I can't go back to a phone in size. However, that does not mean that the SE isn't legit. This phone is legit. There's nothing that this phone, like, can't do. Like, this phone probably has, like, 90% of the iPhone 11 Pro Max features because that's my normal everyday phone, the iPhone 11 Pro Max. I mean, the only thing that this phone is missing that the Pro Max has is what? Additional camera lens, bigger battery, bigger screen. That is it. Oh, and the OLED display. But the average Joe who's considering the iPhone SE doesn't give a damn what type of display is on the phone. They don't, they don't know the difference between LCD and OLED. They don't know that stuff. They just want to know... What's the newest iPhone? What's that iPhone that just came out? Oh, the SE, how much is it? $400? Take my money, baby! Whoa! Take my money! And if they give up the $400 for this SE, not only will they be getting a great iPhone, they get an iPhone with the latest A13 Bionic chip, which means they'll get four to five years of support from Apple. They'll get all the latest iOS updates and things like that. And it's just such an amazing value. Last year, Google sent me out the Pixel 3a, and at that time, I said for the three, I think it started at a uh, three ninety nine too. That was that phone's a great value because even though you didn't get the latest processor, you got the camera from the Pixel Three, so it had the best camera, one of the best cameras in the smartphone game when that phone came out. Now this iPhone doesn't necessarily have the best camera; it doesn't have, it doesn't have the iPhone Eleven Pro uh, model cameras, but it has the image signal processing from the iPhone Eleven because it has that A thirteen Bionic chip. So your pictures are still going to be look extra crisp on this iPhone SE. Hell, I even did a comparison. 
I took I took the same picture with this phone and with my 11 Pro Max and CJ. I swear I could not tell the difference, bro. The only time, the only way you could tell the difference is if you zoom in. If you don't zoom in, if you look at them just as I is, you could literally not tell the difference. You know what's funny about that? Mark Tech, he did it. I watched his video today too. I've been watching creators' video because I want to see their opinions. And he did a blind camera test between the 11 Pro Max, the SE, and the S20 Ultra. Literally mm. had three photos side by side, didn't tell you which one they were. And if you look at all three photos, they all of, of the same or of almost equal quality. So it's just like, like, man, you're getting so much in this phone. And also people act like the iPhone 8 wasn't a flagship of its time. <laughs> like it wasn't like, just like you can buy a Note 9 or Note 8. It, it was a flagship of its time. It's still a flagship phone, even though it's not the flagship of today. So the iPhone SE, that's why I titled my video flagship like is because it's technically a flagship of its time. It's just not of this time. So it's, it's and it's kind of of this time with the A13. It's so complicated at how complex and how good this device actually is. Yeah, I uh, I watched Renee, uh, Renee Ritchie's video. He did a video comparing the SE to the iPhone 8. And even though they are in the same chassis, the same body, the same form factor, all that jazz, you are talking about two completely different devices, Back. even though they look alike. That's where it is. The similarities and at the look. Like you said, the iPhone 8, I think he said it has the A11. This phone has the newest A13. This phone has the, uh, you got, like I said, even though you're using the camera lens from the iPhone 8, you got the image signal processing from the A11. And then, obviously, it'll be better optimized for the battery. It'll have better battery optimization because of the A13 chip. And then just everything else that comes with having the A13 chip, you will get it longer. It'll be supported longer than the uh, iPhone 8. So there are a lot of differences, even though they might look the same, there are a ton of differences that differentiate the iphone se of 2020 from the iphone 8 so don't get confused it might not have the most updated design but don't get confused they are two completely different devices and i watched brandon butch's uh battery drain test today and <laughs> obviously the se whooped the uh iphone 8, i mean the original se and the iphone 8 in battery power and I mean, like, come on, man. It's not the best battery, obviously, because it's physically incapable of being more than what it is because it's only right. whatever amount of milliamp hours it has. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, come on. It's 400 bucks. It's like you guys could have – if Apple gave you a lot of those things that people were asking for in the SE, it wouldn't be the $400 iPhone. Exactly. You'd be and looking then, at a more expensive iPhone. Exactly. And then it's like at that point, you, you're getting so close to the 10R and 11 price, then what's the – you know? So Apple, they were smart. They know what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because when you have a phone and, you know, it's a decent enough offering, but people want more, then you get the OnePlus effect. I have complained for the past year or two that OnePlus didn't have phones with wireless charging. A lot of people have been playing that, uh, complaining about how OnePlus didn't have IP ratings on their phone. So this year, they finally brought a phone, the OnePlus 8 Pro, that now has wireless charging and now has an IP uh, rating, a water resistance rating. And how much is it starting out at? $899, which is kind of insane for a OnePlus phone because the OnePlus 7 Pro last year, I think it maxed out it was $749, I think. It, I, yeah, $749. So now their phone, their 8 Pro this year is starting at $899. So when you get a phone, like I just said, and you continuously ask for feature after feature after feature, guess what's going to happen to the price of the phone? It's going to go up. And that's what people need to realize. 
Yeah, 100%. And we're at the point where, you know, it's exhausting buying $1,000 phones every single time, throwing up a, a, a K or over, you know, the majority for us tech snobs. You know, we go for the top of the top. You know what I mean? The top of the top, no 10 plus, big money. You know what I mean? The top of the top S20, which I told you how to get the plus, not the ultra. Um, but still, like, you know, over and over, it was so refreshing to spend $400 in total and have a, a, a phone in full that even if something happened to, you know what I mean? A lot of people, not saying everybody, I know some people, and this is another big point, why I, I preach the whole technology snob thing is because, you know, I come from LA, South Central. I come from like the lower end and I know what it's like. I know about the audience out there or the people out there who can't afford iPhones and that like a $400 iPhone is like a, yes, finally I could get one. And like, you know, they, you know, they got people shaming people for having certain phones in school, which is a whole nother subject, but you know, $400 entry into this ecosystem, which I think is a good ecosystem regardless. It's debatable, oh, yeah. but I enjoy it. I use it. I have multiple Apple devices. They all sync together. I appreciate that. You know, and, you know, $400 entry, man, for it's a good point of view. And I think we need to also look out for those people who don't have the funds, always buy a flagship. The people who, you know, actually, if they broke the $400 phone, it would be devastating to them. Like, you got to think about them, too, when you do your reviews and you got to have an open spectrum. It's not just you and the people who go buy the $1,200 or whatever, regardless if it's planned or not. There's still some people even with the plan can't afford the $1,200 phone. And now those are the people who, who I consider when I call out the technology snobs. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. And listen, man. I am, as what CJ would call, a technology snob. I like the top of the top. <laughs> but let me tell you all, the top of the top is not always the top of the top. I'm currently holding in my hand the Samsung Galaxy S20 Ultra, which is supposed <laughs> to be the top of the top. But if you take a picture with this phone, you will quickly realize that all the grass is not green on the other side, okay? Because this phone still has autofocus issues, even though Samsung supposedly uh, released an update to fix those issues. No, fam, they're, they're not fixed. So, again... I have the top of the line S20 Ultra, and I'm not getting $1,400 worth of value because the camera functionality still doesn't work the way it's supposed to. So I am getting more value out of, out of my $400 iPhone SE than I am out of my $1,400 S20 Ultra. So I think everything has to be taken in an individual like situation, and you got to realize exactly what the phone it brings to the table, what the price point is, and does the phone do what you need it to do? I think that's the one thing that as tech reviewers, we kind of lose sight of, like TJ was just alluding to. Um, sometimes we don't think about every like uh, every UK scenario or every person's situation when we're thinking about the smartphone. Because again, yeah, it's an iPhone SE, yeah, four hundred dollars. But what do you need it for? What do you need your smartphone to do? How many people need this? Need their phone to do more than what the iPhone SE does? I said on Twitter, this iPhone, this SE, is probably good for ninety percent of the population. Now I got a lot of I got a lot of flack about that tweet because people were acting like I was talking about this as it was, as if we were the only phone out there. I understand that there's other phones out there that people can buy. I understand there's the Android side as well, but I'm just talking about people who are looking for new iPhones or just looking for a new phone or a new budget phone in general. This not this iPhone SE will work for 90% of the population, and it's the truth. Like CJ said, this phone was a flagship what three years ago. So what are you what are we talking about here? Calm down, calm down, people. Exactly. And uh, another thing, Viper, like, okay, you know how we were talking about earlier about how, like, we keep asking for this, we keep asking for that. Mm -hmm. And you got to realize what the S20 Ultra was a result of. It's a result of, okay, smartphone flagships have hit a plateau. 
so now you know but we still we still ask for more and more every year so what does samsung do they created a brand new technology and tried to do something like super phenomenal it has the potential to be but you know it's still early tech that whole 108 megapixel pixel binding sensor is still early tech but they had to get it out in that timeline in order to have the wow factor so then probably over time and i hope hey by the note 20 <laughs> it better be right <laughs> but you know what i mean like hopefully on the note 20 is right and it's worked out but that's new tech and that's what these companies are being driven to trying to spice up every flagship every year in order to warrant you know its price tag and just as entry for people to grab that phone so you know kind of a result of that i think we need to chill a little bit like the se is kind of letting people know like you don't need all the bells and whistles in order to have a decent user experience obviously no it's not going to be uh you know screen real estate like i said the screen is small yeah. and i realize and it's funny because it makes me appreciate the notch even though the notch is like <laughs> dreaded dreaded Ooh. by so many people but the notch see this is the phone people gotta realize this is the last phone of this era and then we had the 10 which released alongside of this which right. brought the notch into play which gave you way more screen real estate and you know even though people don't like the notch you got to appreciate the fact that the notch took us from this so yeah Shout out to the notch for now. <laughs> notch game. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll be mean, like, like, like I keep saying, the iPhone SE for what it costs and what the value it brings is a great phone. No matter how much of how many technologies now they're out there, how many haters or detractors the phone has, the phone will sell more than any other smartphone on the globe this entire year. And it's the perfect storm because we are currently in a global pandemic. People are losing their jobs. Businesses are going under. Um, the the uh, the economy will probably be, uh, never be the same again after we even get to the other side of the pandemic. And Apple brings out a four hundred dollar iPhone. It is over with. It, it game over. There is no phone on the planet that's going to sell more than this iPhone this year. None of them. Not the newer iPhones. Not the newer Samsung. None of them. This phone will eat them in the dozen sales and then some. And it's also sweet, like because uh, I was making some videos like now since the climate has changed. And think about it. We're talking about flagship phones and telling people all enthusiastic or whatever talking about this flagship that and then like you might get a few comments of people like yo bruh <laughs> you're talking about a 200 phone and look at what state it is well okay the se you could talk about a 400 phone and you know even in this state of climate you don't feel so like it's not like oh i'm talking about a 12 or 1400 phone to these people i'm kind of talking about a more affordable more ideal for this climate smartphone absolutely and again even at that price point, you get so much with the iPhone SE that you just can't ignore it, man. Which brings me to another situation that happened uh, this week in the tech space. Mr. CJ No Tech, you are a very successful creator. You, you've worked with various brands giving, uh, during your time on YouTube. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on this particular situation that has happened recently. So, you know, the dude, Lou, from Unbox Therapy, he made a video about a week ago called Dear Apple. In that video, he highlighted how right now there is no line of communication open between him and Apple. And anybody who is familiar with the Unbox Therapy Apple history knows why. He is the one who brought the iPhone 6 bending to light back in 2014, I think it was, wherever it was. And that video that he made got like over 70 million views. It probably created a sour relationship between him and Apple. And there have been no line of communication since then. Because like I keep saying, that was probably the biggest single PR nightmare Apple has ever faced as far as iPhones go. But we're six years later. He made the video. He wants to open a line of communication with Apple. He wants to move past all the negative stuff and try to um, and try to go in a more positive light. So this week, I think it was two days ago, 
He made two videos. Important being two. A lot of people can ignore the first video, but he made two videos. He made a video saying why you should buy the SC, and then he made a counter video saying why you should not buy the SC. Of course, people will be a negative Nancy. They all want to focus on the second video, why you shouldn't buy the, uh, the iPhone SE. That one has double the views of the first one. Surprise, surprise. Negativity sales on YouTube. Go figure. But the timing couldn't be more crazy given the fact that he just made that Dear Apple video a week uh, ago. And now he just made these two videos point counterpoint. Given that you work with brands, TJ, you, you're successful. You work with brands like Samsung and Google and things like that. Do you think there's a possibility, given the way he went about it, that maybe sometime in the future there might be or Apple might be willing to reopen that line of communication with Unbox Therapy, especially given the fact that he has the largest fan base on uh, in the tech space? I, it's, such, it's such an interesting situation, but it's, it's a real tough one because, like you said, man, that Bing, the Bing gate thing, that was that was rough. That was a, a huge thing. That thing blew up really big. And, you know, um, I mean, Apple could definitely be in their feelings and they got every right to be. So, I mean, they don't have to like, I mean, he is one of the biggest creators, but he's not the only one. So they don't have to work with him. And Apple is extremely, it seems like very selective, uh, you know, in their process. They're not fully open to the whole YouTube creator thing. And they're slowly like, you know, branching out to the amount of uh, YouTube creators they work with. So I mean, it's a it's a tough sell. You gotta you gotta be realistic. Like, man, he probably cost them a lot of money and a lot of uh, bad publicity with the Bengate. And I shout out to him for apologizing. And uh, I guess I guess the two videos was like a case study type of thing. If I'm not right, mistaken and stuff. And I mean, come on, man, it's YouTube. We know we're in the age of sensationalism, like a sensational title and sensational thumbnail. Is going to drive clicks and views on YouTube, unfortunately, more than just like the other one. But you can still do like even though the uh, the good sided view video didn't get as many views, it still got a, a decent amount of views. You oh, know, yeah. The, the journey is just maybe longer and harder on the more side. But look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just say this. And this is my real honest truth, because I've been watching Unbox for a long time. And he's actually was an inspiration to me because I love his his uh his character and his his um enthusiasm because it's something different in the tech space it's not so monotone and you know when i watched the uh everything wrong or like the bad the why not uh that was like lou that was like he was in his element on that one when oh, yeah. i watched the why you should i'm not gonna lie it it was like it didn't feel like his the the lou element that we used to seeing on unbox therapy it was a it was kind of like flat so i don't know how uh, I, you know what i mean like it it yeah yeah i, <laughs> I, I got you i got you know, you. What, I'm, you know <laughs> what i'm saying and so you know i don't know man i don't think i don't know if you could ever get back in good with apple on that one it, and uh who knows like i uh what's her name i forgot the other creator that put it out on twitter that was just speaking out like openly and freely and saying how sometimes you know, creators might feel nervous about saying this and that because they don't want to ruin their embargo relationship and so forth. So I don't know. There needs to be a balance between the, the brands and the creator. They need to have a balance like this, like even kill for both sides, because, you know, we do have to service the viewers properly. And 
also the relationship with the brand, but it, it should be even kill and should be realistic. And last thing I'm gonna say, Andrew Edwards has a pretty balanced point of view on it. And I really I was talking to him and, and I really like his point of view and how he says, you know, there's a good and a wrong way to go about it. You can still tastefully critique a product without being just, you know, right. You, you either look like a fool just being XYZ overly critical, or you could be analytical and tasteful in your critical point and still get your point across without bashing, you know? So, right. So you are absolutely right. And it's funny because Andrew was in a Twitter conversation with uh, uh, D Kid Tech and Devin. I mean, not that same, same person. He was, in, he was in a conversation with Devin and Terry today on Twitter talking about this very thing about how you need to, you kind of, you kind of have to be like professional in how you level your criticism. It's okay to criticize the brand or criticize the product or things like that, but you have to do it in such a way that it's constructive criticism. Just being overly negative and just trying to dump on a brand isn't professional. It's not a good look. And frankly, no one is going to work with you if you're bringing that type of negativity to their product or their brand. So again, there is a way to be constructively critical of a brand or product and still that might be okay with the brand. But in my experience, or I shouldn't say my experience, but from what I've seen, some of these brands are uber soft about this stuff too. They don't want any criticism. Uh, Apple and Samsung are the first two to come to my mind as far as I've seen it. I have seen people be cool with Samsung and then be consequently not cool with Samsung. I've heard about creators um, getting off, getting out of Apple good graces because they made like a negative review or things like that. So some of these brands, I think, they, I think they're a little too sensitive when it comes to like creators being critical. But again, there is a right and a wrong way to be critical, especially as it relates to a brand because at the end of the day, Every creator on the platform, we are all a brand. We are all our own brand. So think about it from our perspective. Do you want another creator throwing shade at you just, just being reckless? Because basically, at the end of the day, that's what's happening. When you're being overly negative without any like type of constructive criticism, you're basically just throwing shade with no reason and no logic. And how would you feel if another creator just said something negative or untrue about you and your brand? How would that make you feel? It would probably make you feel some type of way, right? So think about brand from that angle. Like if Tim Cook or or uh, or what is it, TJ Moon or whatever the hell his name is from Samsung, if they see creators throwing shade at their brand for no reason and there's no constructive criticism, there's no logic to the criticism that being levied at the brand, then are you going to want to work with that creator? No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, it's funny because I've had criticism thrown at me by the creators that were pretty much unfounded and crap, and I'm just like, I'm done. You you don't exist to me anymore. So. If I feel that way, I can understand if a brand feels that way too about a creator that throws that type of shade at them. Fact. And then, like, look at it, man. Like, Flossy has one of the most rawest, uncut, truthful, honest opinions. And a lot of times, he's still at these events. They still rock with Floss. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's, there's a couple ways you could go about it in this, in this industry of tech reviewing. Like, you can buy all your products. You can buy them yourself, have your freedom to say whatever you want and so forth or you can aim to try and be you know in close relationship and go that route with these brands it's up to you no one's you know you can go about it however you choose to just know that every way that you go there's a you know every someone's looking and someone's judging and so forth and i i, I think being tasteful is fair also um like think about it like this man like here's my thing with the iphone sc there's a lot of creators you can it's a lot of assumptions you're making mm -hmm. assumptions. You, you don't even have the product <laughs> to speak on, yet you're assuming X, Y, Z. And then there's people who look up to you and follow your thought pattern and might 
just regurgitate what you said, but like you, you're doing a disservice to that viewer and the tech community as a whole. Like, get your hands on a product, use it, and have a more analytical, truthful analysis of this product before you like you know just blurt out everything. It's okay to have an opinion, but at the end of the day, you just a a, a spec sheet spectator. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm I'm just keeping it a buck because I'll be seeing it in the community, but it's like. You know, Andrew was just putting shedding light on me. Like, man, you got to be like real with your. You got to take this serious. Like, you're a journalist to a degree on this platform. You got to treat it in the sense you got to be professional, man. You got to be real. You got to be authentic. You got to be true to who you are. But you got to be like, like legit. Like, you you can't be out here just you know being buck wild with it. Like, let's get some like you know, realistic opinions and order to it. And like I said, man, a lot of people had an opinion about a product without ever using it. I don't know how I feel about that, especially to go so deep or to call it trash. And you never, ever had it in your hand or ever swiped it or ever touched it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unrealistic. It's funny that you talk about that because I think I've talked about this before. Um, there are creators on the platform, you know, they want to give opinions about iOS or they want to give opinions about Android, but you really can't give a valid opinion about either or unless you use both. You really need to use both to form an opinion about the other one because if you never use iOS, if you've never used Android, then how can you make a valid opinion if you haven't had any experience with the platform? So even though I, as you guys know, I mostly do Apple content, you know I own Android devices because I need to make those comparisons. I need to be knowledgeable of what Android's offering. So if you're an Android creator on a platform, you even though you are mostly Android and your content is mostly Android related, you better have some iPhone experience in there to make the comparison. Otherwise, what what are you saying? Like, who are you? You 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 do not qualify to give an opinion about the other side if you've never been on the other side. That's why I always make it a, a avid point to ha have both because you got to stay balanced. You got to be in both systems if you're going to be a true analysts or whatever we call ourselves as tech creators if you're going to be real to this you need to be in all aspects now there's some people who lock themselves into one but they speak to that audience only you'll never hear them blurt out about another platform now like the, i respect taylosa he's apple strong but he'll grab an android and speak to it right he a keyword he's grabbing it using it and speaking to it now yep. i'll be honest it's extremely expensive it's extremely this is a whole nother level of a game when you start trying to grab products and make product-based reviews. Mm -hmm. I respect the commentary. I respect that grind because it makes sense. Not everybody can afford to get all these products. But if you're going to do it that way, you need to be smart and you need to be like, like real about your stuff. And you need to do real analytical research and you need to speak in an honest form and fashion. You don't need to just blurt out opinion. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Let's, let's rewind real quick. What did you just say? Did I hear you use the word research? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Say it again for the people back. Can you please repeat that, please? Do your research, please. You, I'm your... sorry. <laughs> did did y'all hear that, man? That man said, do your research. I'm sorry. But if you are a creator of any kind on the platform, right. if you are trying to be a subject area expert, there is no way in hell you can put out content on YouTube without doing the research. You got to do the research. There's no getting around it. You need to know your facts. You know, before I became a content creator, one of my most critical uh, critical feelings about creating, before I became a creator myself, was people that would make a mistake reading off facts or make a mistake and talking about a certain piece of tech or product. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. Did you do your research? Now, I know as a creator, it's easy to make simple mistakes with that so i'm a little bit more lenient now but 
if I went that way before I became a creator, think about all the other people that are out there that are up on this stuff and they know what they're talking about. They know what they expect to hear you say. And if you make a mistake because you didn't do the research, ooh, ooh, it's going to go bad. It's going to go bad. You need to do your research. I and think about that. That's exactly what Andrew was saying. That's how brands look at it. Oh, this person is not doing their research. They're amateur. They're not real. They're not really in this for real, for real. No, skip, pass. Easy that way. They want to work with the series. Like, look at Renee Ritchie, man. Like, oh, I, I, I saw oh. how he went independent and the whole tech community got behind him Boom. and supported him like mm -hmm. crazy because that guy does his research. He's very true to this. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Like, you got to be authentic and true to this. There's a lot of people trying to leech and bite off of this. They're not really in it for the love of tech. Like, I love tech. Like, I genuinely have an excitement about it. Like, like you know what I mean? It's, it's like the I Justine type of effect. I get enthusiastic about new tech. That's why I have a more charismatic, optimistic, fun side of tech because that's my truthful, like, experience. Like, Tell them, baby. Hyped. Preach. Preach. I get, I get hype. Oh, this is coming out. Oh, I got to use that. I want to use it. I'm excited to use the tech and put whatever new is coming to the forefront i want to put it to use and i want to experience it myself i want it in my hands i want to use it and then i'll report back to the people it's a you know and that's 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 really where i stand in this thing i really do genuinely i'm a, that's why i made the video and i show people my history with apple and how long i've been rocking with these devices and how i've kept all these boxes and kept all these devices because it's real to me man like i'm, I'm not for fake out here Woo! Did y'all hear that, man? He said he has a love of tech. I mean, you can see it in his videos. I mean, y'all y'all watch my content. Yeah, Dave, you don't think I'm love of tech, then I don't know what the hell you've been over the past three years, but y'all know how I feel about the tech, man. It is always, it's so nice to have people on the podcast and just talk to people in the tech space in general that have a genuine love of technology. And you can tell, and CJ is definitely one of the people that have a genuine love of technology. And I always say, when you are becoming a creator on a platform, you have to have a genuine love of what you're creating and what you're talking about. Otherwise, you're just going to burn out. Speaking of being a creator on the platform, CJ, I don't know if you still got them all, but the last time I checked, you got three channels. You had you got the CJ yeah. No Tech channel, you got the Hustle to Create channel, and you had a photo channel. Are you, yeah. I don't even know if you're even doing content on the photo channel still, but... So, so yeah, I do. Uh, that's that's That was me trying... Because like I said, I like to do a lot of different things. Like how you said in the beginning, when we talked about in my past on the channel, I was doing a lot of different things and trying to hit a lot of different areas. And like cameras is another passion of mine. I want to be able to speak to that audience. So I did start a camera channel. It was a case study in the beginning because that's when all the conversation about if you start a niche channel, you know what I mean? You could grow faster. So I tried it. I was testing oh, let me do this niche thing and see how the growth is. And it's, it's a fact. If you stick to one thing, you can, like, snowball the effect of growth. But there's also the conversation, like, me and Devin having, like, you know, you can, or just in general, what you've seen, people uh, build that snowball, then maybe shift and build a new snowball. Mm -hmm. and, then you're, and then those two snowballs become one, shift, build another one. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm coming back. It's too hard to run three channels. I can't, I can't do it sustainably. Like I'm trying to put a lot more effort into CJ knows tech and blowing that up and Boom. making that like the top priority. So I'm putting all that extra sauce on B-roll, all that extra time on editing just to make sure those videos are top notch quality. So what I have to do is try to integrate some of that hustle to create in a CJ knows tech video every now and then try to integrate some of that, uh, the photo channel, which was CJ Cannon and bring that. That's why I did the Cannon r5 video on cj knows tech because i'm gonna bring that in there and i'm gonna start tapping into some of these other audiences 
um, because I know I can. So it's just, it's hard though, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm I'm a little hurt though. I'm a little hurt that you made the switch from Tony to Ken. I'm a little hurt. I'm too oh, hurt by that, but I'm hey, okay. Look, I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live. At this point, I'm, I'm like legit all in, man. I gotta let people know, man. Cannon <laughs> is swagging, bro. Like oh. I, 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 you know, and I love Sony. I still love Sony. Like if they bring out a fire enough camera in response to that R5, I probably end up with. Well, I don't know. See, they're gonna detect crazy. I, but yeah, Canon is where it's at for me personally. It works better for me. It's like the Apple of cameras. So, you know, it's no, it's no, it's no question why I fell in play with Canon because, like I said, I like Apple products. They're very simplistic, very nice UI, user experience is all integrated. Same thing with Canon. No doubt. So, I want to talk about your creative relationship here on the platform. Um, you have a, you have a like a, a holy trio which happens to be present in the uh, lottery tonight. You formed a pack with my man Terry Wolfield and uh, Devin from T Kid Tech. Yeah. So tell me about, uh, let's talk about how that came to be, because as uh, Peter McKinnon has said on multiple occasions, you need to find your dope squad. And it seems like you, Terry and Devin have found your dope squad. So how did that, how did that come to be? All right. I'm going to be as honest as possible. It came through trial and error. Uh, mm. Like I've been in, I guess you could say like multiple groups. We were, we met each other through another group that was, uh, that was bigger than our trio, let's say. Let's just say, like, it kind of, over time, it all shook down. And then the last three remaining that stayed consistent, like, rocking with each other was me, Terry, Devin. And then once we got to that small circle, we was just like, all right, we'll just keep it here. Because, you know, when it was bigger, there was drama and there was X, Y, this, X, Y, that. So it was just, like, us three together, we haven't had no drama. Like, me and Devin had, like, a all-out, like, super debating conversation and it was never ever on that line of tension where it could be like dr like drama and stuff it was like a healthy like conversation and debate and when you have friends and people who are in the same industry as you people who do things similar to you and you can have those type of conversations and it never blows up to like that that's how you know you found your true like trio like we talk smack to each other all that but it's always love at the end of the day and support Yo, that is what is up, man. It's always nice to find your dope squad, no doubt, man, because it's something special about having like-minded or being friends with like-minded creators that share your same drive and passion for what it is that you're trying to do. So that's definitely to get uh, legit that you have that close-knit community with uh, Terry and Devin. Look, Terry said, laugh out loud. It was an argument today. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. Oh, it's funny because as you were saying, I'm like, no drama. We got Devin and Terry over here trying to tear each other's ACL, trying to figure out who's the fastest. I mean, that's drama to me. Uh, uh, that, that, <laughs> hey, that, hey that's, wash, that's that wash drama, that wash foolish male pride drama. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. I'm telling you, man. Talk about no drama. Don't, man. You better stop playing. <laughs> but, like, uh, my, my, my reach within the community even spreads beyond that, dude. Like, dude, I've created great relationships with people like you, Viper, El Jefe, the whole squad, uh, Brandon, this is Tech Today. Even beyond that, Brandon Butch, he's a man, met him at Viz Summit, absolutely great guy. So, like, you know, I have a, it, the network is big, like Andrew Edwards, all them people. Like, I, I, I rock with a lot of people in the tech space. And, uh, and that's just, man, it's a lot of genuine, dope people in this space. So, uh, I, I advise everybody, man, get to know, Everybody find people you rock with and just keep moving it that way, man. This whole thing is relationships, man. Like enjoy people. Like there's no reason to have negative relationships. What's the point? Like we all could survive and be in this thing together and have fun together and grow together and make money together, break bread together, all that stuff. Cry together. 
win together, you know what I mean? Come back together. And that's what it's all about, being together, man. And that's why I don't like the toxicity. I don't like the drama unnecessary. I don't like the back and forth. It's okay to have fun debates in Android and iOS and all that, but all of the negativity, just the pointless slander, like I'm not a, I'm not for that. And I don't, I don't tolerate that. No doubt. Like Terry said in the chat, there's no food for everybody, baby. So it's not right. really a competition. I always say in a creative game, your only competition legitimately is yourself. As long as you're better than your last video, you are definitely making growth and progress, no doubt. So I have a lot of new and up-and-coming creators that watch my content, CJ, and you're about to hit a milestone on the YouTube. You're about to cross 40,000 subscribers, I would guess, in the next month or so. So I'm just curious if you have any advice for the up-and-coming creators out there to achieve success on YouTube. What would you tell them? The number one thing is you better be committed. And when Woo! I say committed, I'm not talking like that intermittent in and out commitment. I mean, like for real, like, like one thing about me, I'm obsessed with success. Like I study success. I, I follow successful people. I listen to successful people every day. It's because like, I'm obsessed with getting to a certain point. And until I get there, I don't rest. I don't chill. I don't come. I have off days. Like, you know what I mean? I, I just put out a ton of videos back to back. I'm like, right now, for a couple of days, I'm taking a breather. But you got to be committed enough to, after that breather is over, you get back up. You, you know what I mean? You crack mm -hmm. whatever and you get it back popping. So commitment is like the number one thing because commitment equals consistency. Commitment equals growth. Commitment just equals you getting to where you told yourself you wanted to be. So I, number one thing, you better be committed. He ain't never lied, especially if you want to be successful on YouTube because as we both can tell you, this is a constant grind. If you want to be successful on YouTube, you better be prepared to put in some long hours, a lot of editing, shooting, everything, and just promoting yourself and things like that because it's a long grind. And you don't always get the success that you think you should get because the algorithm on here brutal. And speaking so, to that, Viper, like real talk, like everybody grows it at different lengths and yep. bounds. Like you got to be able to, to stomach that. You got to mm -hmm. be able to have friends and watch them blow past you and still be cool. That's why I say like all that animosity, jealousy, all that drama. It ain't even like, like how can you, you're not built for this then. You, if you can't see somebody come from under you to next to you to beyond you and still be okay with that and still rock with them, like genuinely not with that like side eye stuff. You're not built for this. You better be committed to yourself, your grind. Like Viper says, you versus you, building yourself up. So that way you're not getting too thrown off. But it's real, though. You're going to see people blow up high. You're going to feel something. Feel it. Get it out your system and keep it moving. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, yo. This is the podcast about tech. But let's be 100%. I have felt that a few times over on this YouTube tech face. I've been doing it for three years. I got 3,000 subscribers on the main channel. I, I think people blow by me left there, right? But I, like he just said, I am still focused on my grind. That's why I made the decision at the beginning of this year to niche down to Apple content because I have studied the people that have blown by me. I have studied, I have tried to figure out what makes them successful. And one of the things I've noticed is that most of the people that have blown by me have specialized in a particular area of content. They have niched down. So I made the decision to finally niche down this year and I'm doing what I got to do. But yeah, it's not about having jealousy and animosity. If you see people being successful, especially in the same space as you, that you ain't got time to be jealous. You might want to go and study their patterns and see what they're right. doing to be successful right. so you can reverse engineer that ish and do Big what you got to do out here on this platform, bro. Let go. Right. And also, like, real talk, like, you can build relationships and talk to people, man. I got a lot of people who I can talk to who's way bigger than me. And every now and then, I'll, hey, ask a question. And a lot of them are very free. With, like, I'm not telling y'all, look, 
don't go DM and X, Y, and X, Y, and going crazy. But I'm just saying, like, g- built genuine relationships in this, whatever, wherever you're trying to go and wherever you're trying to be. And those genuine relationships and, and like, I mean, genuine, not I'm trying to rock with this person just to get something out of them. I mean, like, yo, I like what you do. I respect what you do. That's it. And then, like, every now and then, you never know. Like, I've had a lot of people offer up advice and everything along the ways. And, man, I appreciate it, like, big time. Yo, that's what's up, man. I mean, like you said, relationships are key. And it's not always about trying to get something from somebody, man. How about just having a genuine relationship and seeing where, see where that's going? If you're genuine about what's going on, then people will be more willing to not to help you. But right. if you are obviously trying to mooch off somebody, then that comes through immediately. And then you looking like a fool. It's like, what are you doing here? And think about it. We all like the same thing. So how hard is it to have a genuine relationship? We could talk about, like, I could talk to Viper about iPhone SE or whatever, and we can just, like, relate and have, basically what we're doing right now, and this has just been a conversation and not really, like, a podcast. And that's what it is, man. Like, man, just be authentic out here. That's that's all I want to say to people, man. (laughs) No, (laughs) absolutely, man. Be yourself and just let, let everything fall in place, baby. No doubt. DJ No Tech has been an awesome podcast, bro. Yeah, it is. It's been phenomenal. <laughs> so, uh, for the people that want to rock with you, uh, where can they find you? How is what are the best ways to reach DJ No Tech? Man, that name, hold on, how you point it right there. Bow, you can type that on <laughs> Google. I'm everywhere is TJ Knows Tech. Instagram, Twitter. My number one platform is YouTube. So I would appreciate if you go watch some of my videos. You might see something different than what you used to on your typical tech channels <laughs> yeah this dude ain't the norm man you might hear the word player being used multiple oh, yeah. multiple oh, times yeah. in the video oh, yeah. all no my doubt. players out there what's up man all the my, players baby tech players <laughs> go be a part of the player squad you know how it is no <laughs> doubt i appreciate you being on the podcast sir thank you for joining me if you're listening on audio only again if you want to support the podcast there will be links in the show notes as well as all of cj's information and where to follow him and catch him and things like that but once again thank you to you guys for watching and listening thank you to my man cj no tech and your boy viper will be back next week with episode 75 of Vibe Drive. But until the next time, people, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.